It is officially track this and we are three races before the end of the season. And uh, I think the battle between two, three and four is really where our attention is going to be placed for the next couple of races because there is 20 points that separate um, two, three and four in that order. 20 points, 20 points, 20 points. So all the action is going to come down to the last three races. Joining me today are our Track This experts, and that's Matthew Kanai, who's an automotive and lifestyle content creator, and Avon Middleton, who is a motorsport fanatic, and I'm going to say King of Speed Week 2023 with Top Gear South Africa. How's it going, Jen? Hey, hey, we're, uh, we're recovering from Speed Week. So yeah, we're we're very very good. It's been a good week. Excited to be here on the best podcast and my favorite highlight of the week. But happy to have Avon because now I have someone to battle with. Unlike last week, where I was quiet and fighting myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. I'm ready. Bring it. I think let's first before we get into this, Avon, a shameless plug. Tell us about Top Gear Speed Week 2023 and exactly what it was about. Oh, we've just finished our final discussion, so I know who the winner is. Um, Speed Week 2023, uh, it's really Top Gear's performance car of the year. We find out what's the best performance car in South Africa for the year 2023. And essentially, it's a week of testing cars. We do a road trip. This year, we went to the Northwest. Uh, We do performance testing in various sort of uh, ways. And then, of course, now that we have our Top Gear test track, we ended Speed Week with... uh, times a time attack essentially at our test track and it was very very wet and very very interesting to say the least so yeah 17th of november the mag comes out where the world will know who we think or what we think is the best car of the year or performance car of the year in sa but very exciting also very tiring thank you korea for coming with us and um yeah we'll see in a few weeks time what wins i am so curious to know because having driven a lot of those cars i'm now at this point where i'm like who is it i want to know i think uh, what was interesting this year is most of the team were consistent in their opinion oh. so that's that's the first time that happens usually there's always some sort of a discrepancy and we've got to really argue the point it usually takes about two hours this year it took an hour so yeah um i think at least that just means we're all on the same page. So that's a good thing. Okay. 17th November, looking forward to a Top Gear South Africa. Get out, go out and get the mag. Check out their social media channels as well. But let's talk the reason that we are here. And this is Formula One. Uh, Matthew, great weekend for your gentleman, um, uh, Max Verstappen, making it a 16th win. Yeah, it was a good weekend for Max. He does what he does best, 16 seconds ahead of everyone. So the rocket ship rumors can continue to swirl, but very disappointing and very sad for Checo. He had um, very high hopes for him to be on the podium with Max in the home crowd and to be taken out before turn one was very unfortunate. Look, critically thinking about it and, and watching the replay, you could say what you want, but alternately, you know, at the end of the day, it was his fault. Um, he kind of just left it for last minute and Charles had nowhere to go. And the booze said it all as much as he was the hometown hero. But very unfortunate, but very, very good um, because we saw the resurgence of, as they say, the sugar-free Red Bull brand. Uh, (laughs) uh, And Daniel picked up a lot of his pace. We'll talk about that later because there's been a real resurgence and there's a reason why he did well, um, both critically and technically. But uh, yeah, for Red Bull, it was just another 
another day in the office, but the excitement was from the rest of the field. Maybe talk to us a little bit about your opinion about that turn one incident. And I'm sure Avon's got an opinion as well. But I just want to know, how do you guys feel? Because the social media worlds are are very different. It, it is. And, and I want to hear what Avon says after this. But, uh, you know, Sergio has a lot to prove. Um, He's got a contract, quote-unquote, for next year. Um, He is the second seed. He's supposed to be aiding and abetting the team to flawless victories and to be a team player. But over the last four or five races, he hasn't been there. And looking at turn one, uh, even Max said when he went into qualifying um, and the the post-race debrief, he said, there's no reason to rush into turn one because it's going to be chaos. As we know for Mexico, it's... uh, it's it's a long haul race. So you make your turns very critically towards the end and you pace yourself. You don't do it as an immediate turn one action. And what we saw from Sergio was pretty much that. He looked very desperate, very hungry from the start. We knew he was going to give a very fighting race, but he ultimately made a very silly and stupid mistake where he went in too quickly. It was a three into one corner. He never had enough space. He ended up understeering clipping Charles' car and then having major, major hydraulic and radiator damage where they ultimately had to retire the car. So he only has himself to blame. And even as a diehard, um, as much as I wanted him to win, that was it was 100% his fault. He could have been hasty. He could have held on to P3, P4 and waited his time because it's his home track. He knows when to do it. Um, but it was just chaos. And he just jumped the gun. He was very hasty and... He only has himself to blame. And um, yeah, whether or not this takes a toll on his emotional uh, head strength going forward, uh, time will tell. But yeah, it was, it was, it was his fault, to be honest. Avon, I want to hear yours. I want to hear your opinion. And do you think that it's just the pressure that's now getting to him? You know, I always want to look at stuff in isolation, um, especially when it's a racing incident like that. I think that was a racing incident. Um Ultimately, Sergio is a racing driver, as with anyone else. I think he went for he went for gold. You know, he went for victory right at turn one, and I think you know because he had the slipstream uh, uh, down the straight, he was where he was. He was the guy actually in terms of the three cars. He was right, you know, at the head of the pack, um, and he was trying to do a late breaking move into turn one. It would have sent the crowd into overdrive had he made it stick. But I think like Lewis Hamilton did in Qatar, he turned in just slightly too early, I think. I think he could have, I think they all could have made it if Sergio turned in slightly later and just remembered that Leclerc was on the on the on the right of him. Um so yeah, I mean I think it was a racing incident. Yeah, really terrible for him. Really, really terrible for him. And I think, you know, if we thought Sergio was uh had a hard sort of season, I think certainly now he's in a lot more trouble mentally. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I, I think for him, he just wants to write the season off and just refresh. Um, and just, yeah, I think I think it's tough for him at the moment. So I don't think mentally he's going to be in a good position for the rest of the season. But, yeah, in isolation, it was a racing incident. Tough for him. Leclerc was lucky that he just lost a front wing end plate. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, that's racing. It happens. And, and I think to say he, would, he shouldn't have done it, um he was there you know he, he was right he was right there so he had to he had to try unfortunately just too much just turned in too much and uh unfortunate for him 
I think something that we've spoken about in length over the last couple of weeks is the fact that Red Bull probably isn't going to give him the opportunity to refresh and find his new feet. Because like Matthew actually said, Daniel Ricciardo is eagerly waiting in the wings and he's putting in some great performance as well, everyone. You know me, I'm always the last in the rumor mill. I, I, I like to only believe what's, what I read from reputable sources. Um, and I also know that I I also know that there's money on the table with with Sergio so somebody's going to have to uh, you know negotiate that part of it as well so I don't know I I think I personally think Sergio is going to see out his contract but we'll see maybe Matthew has some inside info from Red Bull directly but I think he's going to see it out and I also think you know this is always interesting for me so Daniel Ricciardo leaves Red Bull under some tense circumstances and then I don't know is it like one of those things where you have an argument and then you take some time out and then all of a sudden you love each other again Um, (laughs) Max is still going to be there you know Max was you know Max is not going to play second fiddle as we all know so I don't know I don't necessarily think Danny going back to the 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 main team is going to be a good thing but hey we'll see let's see what Matt says (laughs) Yeah, look, uh, Sergio does bring a lot of money to the table. Um, He's massive in Mexico. His dad brings a lot to it. Um, In terms of Daniel, look, I don't see him going to Red Bull. He definitely is putting on mounting pressure on Sergio's performance uh, and him finishing where he did getting six, his first ever six points for the year, even though he started halfway, is quite remarkable. But... The reason why Daniel is there is, again, it's a money but no money question. So whether you like it or not, Daniel Ricciardo is a marketing, you know, he's a marketing gem. So any team would love him, whether he sucks or not. He pulls in a crowd, he sells merchandise, he does the show runs, and he makes money. So while Daniel does not bring a lot of money to Formula One, he gets money for a team because of who he is. And that was the strategy of making him a third reserve driver, then slotting him into AlphaTauri because it's a brand boost. So while Sergio does bring in a lot of physical cash, uh, Sergio is not necessarily people's people. He just wants to race and go see his family. But in Mexico, different story. Whereas Daniel is loved no matter what he does. So anything he touches turns to gold. So I don't think he'll go to Red Bull. Um, I think he'll be very firmly placed as the senior at AlphaTauri if he outperforms uh, Yuki, but you know, next race is next race. I think Sergio will see out the 24 contract and we'll see what happens because, yeah, at the moment it does look very sad from the outset that he's not doing very well. Um, and he's had a lot of DNFs and very, very poor performances. So it's a time will tell thing. I know how much Avon loves these rumors, but what is your thoughts on the rumors about Alonso going to Red Bull? Uh, I don't know. Um, Remember, there was a rumor that Alonzo was dating Taylor Swift, and we all know how true that was. So I, I just think it's towards the end of the year. People are capitalizing on fake news. Sergio's not doing well. The pressure's on. Daniel's also adding pressure. And then they're like, oh, wait, what if we start a rumor saying that Alonzo will join Max? Look, it'll be a very strong thing to happen. It'll be a shock thing. Um. I mean, people would believe this rumor because Aston Martin literally tanked. They were the strongest team for like the first quarter of the season. And now Mm. they're literally just fighting with horses and DNFs. So it's easy to understand how people will believe it. Um, I don't think 
Alonso has it in him to retire. I think he'll see it out for a little bit longer before he calls it quits because everyone saw he's a very, very high offered driver where he does have the potential to put that car into podium. Um, so I think the car is just not responding to him well. And Lance Stroll is just being Lance Stroll. So that's really not helping the situation. But yeah, it's a rumor. Um, not likely. If it does happen, I will eat my own shoe. But I highly <laughs> doubt it because having Alonso and Max is like putting two of the most hated people in your classroom together and asking them to be friends and to work together to an objective. It's not hey, happen. I mean, it might, it might happen. No, they don't. I, I know Avon wants to say, but it won't. Personally, they want to see the contract for 2024 for Sergio. Um, maybe it could be a switch for 25 or 26, but not for next year. I just think it's a rumor to spice things up and to get attention away from something that's important. I have absolutely nothing to say about it. It's just a rumor. <laughs> there you go. Okay, let's talk about something that's not a rumor and something that actually for me was really cool to see because um, I was having long discussions with Mandla, who is one of South Africa's best upcoming or, or current race car drivers. He races for Tier 2 Gazoo Racing and Rally. And we were having this discussion about Alex Albon. Avon, how amazing was Alex Albon in the beginning of this weekend? For free practice, he really shone. And then race, not so much. Qualifying, not so much. I, I think we mustn't read into, you know, FP1 and FP2 much. Um, you know, Merck seemed to be on the back foot the whole weekend, and we know what happened with their result. Um, and I also, I think, you know, I'm not a big fan of Alex Albon, so... I just think it was a case of uh, testing different strategies and, and doing different practice runs. And, you know, Albon and the Williams team were on a, on a different, uh, on a different wicket. I, he was also behind the scenes. Albon was complaining quite a bit about safety at the Mexican circuit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't read too much into it. Good for him. Hopefully it made him feel good, but uh Yeah. At the end of the day, um, I, look, I think he did great. I think Albon came in P9, um, if I'm not mistaken. So I think ultimately not a bad weekend for Williams. But, um, yeah, I think they, they he, he certainly has shown consistency. He's certainly shown he's better than Sargent. And he's definitely number one driver in the team. And I must say, he has, as much as I don't rate him highly, he has had a good season. And so, and there's also been, you know, we want to talk about rumors. There's also been rumors of Albon coming back to the, the Red Bull party as well because he's been showing such good performance. There's rumors around it with uh, Audi pulling out of F1 2026 and obviously what's happening with those driver permutations there. But I keep saying it's a rumor and I, yeah, I'm just a little bit <laughs> cautious when it comes to rumors and what I believe. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess overall, good weekend for him, good confidence boost for him, and uh, yeah, we'll see how we'll see how he finishes the season. I think if he finishes the season well, then he's got a really good um, future ahead of him, just in terms of uh, new contracts when that contract ends for him in 2024. Are we also looking at Mercedes' performance with a little bit of you know cautiousness? I'm not. Um, I think they are going to be consistently better than they were, perhaps three or four races before i do think they chose a slightly different setup where qualifying was compromised over race pace and i think lewis is in a really really good uh, form at the moment 
and of course, Lewis and Brazil, you know, it's like um, two peas in a pod. They, they, as you say, it's, it's Lewis's home race, his other home race. Yeah, and I mean, George Russell went really well there last year as well, scoring his first win. So, you know, I do think Mercedes has really good setup for for Brazil in general. And so I think we're going to see fireworks again. And I think we'll see a much better. I think we'll see Mercedes much stronger in Brazil than they even were in Mexico. I think Mexico was more a strategic masterclass. And I think Lewis drove incredibly well, just finessing those tires uh, really, really well the whole race. So I think Brazil's going to be, we might get a surprise in Brazil. Maybe get a, maybe get a, a win or a two, three Ooh. with Mercedes. Um, but that car is working well. Okay. So then let's talk current standings because this is where the action kind of comes into play because we know, obviously, Max has won the championship. Cool. Yesterday's news. We're moving on to new things. Um, there's 20 points that separate Sergio and Lewis. Then there's 20 points after that again. This is where the excitement comes in. We've got real focus that needs to be pushed, Avon, to what is happening between second, third, and fourth. Yeah, and fifth, and sixth, and seventh, and eighth. Mm. <laughs> so, I, I, look, Lewis, if Lewis had sealed that result in America, he would have been ahead of Perez by now, if my maths is correct. So that, that whole disqualification was a disappointment. But yeah, I, I, I certainly think given Lewis's consistency of performance and Perez's uh, consistency of poor performance, I, I certainly think Lewis is going to claim that second place. Um, but the real race is Alonso and Carlos Sainz on the same points, fourth and fifth. Again, Ferrari's resurgence. I think Sainz is going to move swiftly ahead. Lando Norris is some 14 points behind Alonso in sixth position. I do think at the end of the season, he's also going to move ahead of Norris. And, you know, we were just talking about Aston Martin's, uh, I guess, poor performance in the second half of the season. And I think because of it, I reckon even Charles Leclerc in Ferrari is going to move ahead of Fernando Alonso uh, in the oh, next three races. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really sad. You, you know, Alonso was challenging Hamilton for third most of the season and was third for most of the season. And I think at the end of the, the season, if they don't jack up their ideas, he might find himself in seventh or eighth position. And the number of zeros on the end of that amount of money that he's losing is quite significant. So, yeah, that's where it's exciting. But I think I do think Lewis will challenge Sergio for second. And then I think it's a case of Carlos Sainz for uh, Perez for third and Carlos Sainz will settle for fourth. Uh, yeah. But again, if Lando puts it on the podium once again, Lando's, Lando's like... <laughs> He's the one people need to watch out for, you know, because he if he gets another two podiums or three podiums, well, he could also be challenging Sainz's position as well. 14 points is not that much. And Charles Leclerc, three points behind Lando on 166 points. It's really, really exciting. Further afield, Pierre Gasly and Lance Stroll are also three points, uh, you know, be, be, be behind them. I mean, three points between them. Uh, Ocon, who's been incredibly consistent this last half of the season, he's, oh, I don't know, eight points behind Stroll. So, yeah, there's, there's points to be made for 10th place, you know. So, I think there's going to be fighting there as well. But it's all very exciting. <laughs> and what's going to make this even more interesting, Matthew, is going into Brazil, we're going into another sprint weekend, which means extra points up for grabs. A lot of points up for grabs, and every point counts for pretty much... Think of one point as a million pounds. That's pretty much what teams are playing for. 
Um, so any point that you can scramble for now gets you that extra million, that extra time in the tunnel, the more development. And it's important and very critical for teams to score now because everybody has pretty much dropped off from about June, July and focused their, their car for 2024. So development has stopped. Uh, the W14 for Mercedes is just a wheelbarrow. So they just stopped development and they said, 2024, we're going to make it a better car. So there's all to play for this weekend. So sprint, very important. Not many people like it, but it's that midfield that I like. Uh, that's what I'm seeing from a lot of teams. I'm very interested in the fact that um, Carlos is holding steady on to fourth in the Drivers' Championship with 183 points, but Lando Norris is there, and the McLarens have seemed to have really found great form in that car. So I'm not surprised if Oscar Piastri in ninth overtakes George Russell and grabs Fernando's position. I think that if, if Fernando performs the way he does until the end of the year, I think Fernando drops pretty much to a solid eighth, ninth. Something that's also very interesting to remember going into a sprint weekend is rain is expected on Friday. So that means that qualifying for race day is going to be in the rain. Then sprint and or sprint shootout and sprint is going to be in dry with race then in dry on Sunday. That could potentially, Avon, really mix up the field. It could. And I, to be honest, rain in Brazil generally spells lots of controversy and lots of yeah, lots of mistakes. Um, I can't wait. I, I mean, it's obviously too hard to call, but I think, you know, Brazil is one of those races where you just can't call it. If there's any race that's the most unpredictable, it's Brazil. We've had people winning from, you know, the last place on the grid and we've had championships decided here. It's just it's just a racetrack steeped in so much history and controversy and rain plays a big part. Uh, if I were looking at it uh, and I was a betting man, I do think... But you're going to be when I ask for your predictions in the next yeah, yeah, yeah. seconds. <laughs> I am a betting man on track of this. Yeah, look, I think the top teams are perhaps going to play it slightly safer in the rain um, and, and sort of compromise qualifying so that they can, they can um, you know, finish the race. Particularly, it could be potentially an expensive weekend if, you, if you're crashing in the sprint race and then you know, you've also got the race to do as well and you've got to get the mechanics out of bed or keep them out of bed for so long. Um, you know, Ask Sergeant or who was the last one. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I just know that at this late stage of the season, I think you've got to play it safe where you can. So I think Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari will need to play it slightly safer. And then if I am a you know Alpine or an even an Aston Martin, perhaps I would take a slightly more aggressive approach uh, just to try and get some more points and take some risks. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be amazing. That's all I do know. It's going to be amazing. Okay. So now that, um, you know, in the US, Lewis Hamilton screwed up my fantasy league so badly with his disqualification. What do I do now? Because a lot of people listening to F1 track this love to listen to it for our predictions Let's maybe start with Matthew. What are your thoughts going into this weekend? How do you think that we should be choosing our, our, our fantasy leagues? So I always put it into four categories. I've got surprise of the weekend team, uh, surprise of the weekend driver, disappointment of the weekend driver, and disappointment of the weekend team. So my surprise of the weekend team 
would be Haas. I'm backing Nico Hulkenberg. What? He's put together some. Just hang on. Let, let me go with it. He's been dragging. And Avon will hear me out, okay? He's been dragging results out of that Haas. And he could be that dark Trojan horse for Sao Paulo. Anyway, do with that as you may. Remember, we're talking about fantasy. So you can't exactly have all the A-listers. Then <laughs> surprise... My surprise for the weekend driver, I would keep an eye on the Williams and Ferrari. Um, even though they're lacking race pace, um, they've got very keen opportunities to watch what the top teams have been doing. And they've been slotting themselves up very, very closely to Q3, Q2 and Q1, getting them very high track position, especially when it comes for sprints. They know what they're doing. So if they feel like they don't have race pace, they go all out for sprint and claim that. Um, look, disappointment for me, uh, it's very, very tough for me to say it, but I feel like it's going to be another bad weekend for Perez. I think it's just him. P4 is a stretch. I don't see him going into top five, uh, mostly because the Ferraris and Mercedes have clapped, they claimed back so much pace um, and they seem to be the threat for the Red Bulls. And then disappointment would probably be Aston Martins. I would 100% get them rid out of your team, take them out as a constructor and for drivers. So... That's what I would do if you're in a fantasy. Obviously, Max for me, P1. P2, I would have Lewis. I think he's got strong contention. He likes Interlagos. P3, I would put Lando. P4, I'd put Piastri, then George Russell, uh, Leclerc, and Sainz. So that's where I am at um, in terms of race and fantasy. Okay. Avon, your turn. Yeah, I'm going to go Max P1. Mercedes P2 and 3, Lewis second, George third. And I'm going to go Norris fourth. And I'm going to go uh, Carlos Sainz fifth. Fairly, fairly safe picks. Um, yeah, I, I think the AlphaTauris will go back to their normal state of affairs. I don't think we're going to have a fourth placed Daniel. So if he's in your team and you thought he might pull it off again, uh, I think yeah. don't. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I do think we need a. I, I would, I would agree with Matthew. I think Haas might just surprise us if, if we're going to say surprise of the week, it might be a Haas. And I'm not going to say which Haas, but I think it'll be a Haas. It'll be some Haas if they can make sure their suspension doesn't break again. Um, yeah, so that'll be me. But I think it's going to be a strong weekend for the Mercs. That's that's my. That's kind of the big change I would do. Okay, I'm, I'm on the similar kind of bandwagon, but I think I'm going to move George Russell down one place. I think I'm going to go, obviously, Max for the win, Lewis, and then Norris again. Thank you for that, by the way. I don't know why people <laughs> put so much faith in George. I don't think George is... You and your T-boy. I don't like him. He, he's just... He's, why is Boring. He, I don't know. He's lame for me. I, I don't see it. He's vanilla. Okay. He's, he's mid. <laughs> As the kids say, uh, he's mid. He's Is that the new phrase on the street now? He's mid. He's mid. Put Lando in that W14. He'd outshine him completely. Because how embarrassing is it that your customer team is outperforming you and he's supposed to be the future of Mercedes anyway? Mm. Matthew sounds very emotional about this, hey? Wow. <laughs> I'm invested into the sport, as you know. <laughs> I'm not invested in George Russell. George Russell must go. <laughs> Petition, hashtag, Russell must go. 
T-Boy out. Oh my goodness, you guys. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I do appreciate it. Um, hopefully, uh, my fantasy league can score some really good points at the moment. I'm sitting fourth on my table. Um, so I need, because I missed one. You know when you, you miss a week and then you drop all the way to the bottom and you have to kind of get our way back up again? I'm sitting fourth. Mm. So we better win to this week. Well, good luck. I hope uh, you just tell us if you took Matt's picks or my picks. Let's see. Yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe I'll adjust a little bit. T-boy out. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, thank you so much for your time and enjoy Brazil. It's going to be a great race. It's going to be amazing. Kanaya, take it easy. Chat to you next week. Kriya, thank you as always. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me.